Welcome, this is your host, Zaida Sorel Medina with The Voice Podcast. My new mother, Anissa, woke me up early to tell me that we were going shopping. Where do you want to go? She asked. Ragarama, I said. She recoiled, as Ragarama sold gothic and punk clothes. To Anissa, black clothes were associated with the devil. I should wear pastel colors, because this was more feminine. But I was anything but feminine. I wore baggy clothes and painted my nails black. I was on the wrestling team. I liked to lift weights and I hung out with the boys. In Anissa's eyes, a transformation was badly needed. I needed to learn how to dress elegantly. We could go shopping, she said. But my selection of attire would need to be of godly nature. How interesting, I thought. Because Anissa was anything but godly. She listened to rap music galore that talked about gangs, guns, bitches, and hoes. This was certainly godly. On the way to Ragarama, a white car began to advance behind us on the highway. Anissa squinted her eyes to get a clearer view from the rearview mirror. The white lady behind the wheel pulled up next to us and stuck her head out of the window. Out of nowhere, she yelped, Did she just call me a nigger? Anissa quickly accelerated to catch up with the unknown lady. When she approached the unknown lady in the white car, she yelped out the window. I'm gonna tell this motherfucker how we do it. Fucking cracker! From that moment on, I discovered that Anissa was bold. Perhaps her degree of godliness was not up to par with her own standards, but she had something for which I thought was more important which was a temperament like a hurricane that could put any racist to shame. At the store, I picked out a groovy pair of red bell bottoms, a black lace button-down shirt, and a tie. Anissa said the tie made me look goofy. Girls wore dresses, skirts, and shorts, not baggy pants and ties. I'm going to teach you basic female maintenance, she said. Basic female maintenance, I thought. What the heck was that? When I thought about basic female maintenance, I thought about tampons, cucumber-smelling body spray, fake eyelashes. I associated getting pregnant in high school with basic female maintenance. This was not me. I was anything but basic female maintenance. I lifted weights, 
wrestled, and hung out with the boys. I was a member of the gay club. I was an advocate for better school lunch. I volunteered cleaning the school's garden on the weekend. I believed in civic duty, not basic female maintenance. What was this? I thought to myself. Some training where I am to be reformed to become a full girl. Anissa wanted to refine me, but I liked myself how I was. Rough around the edges, part girl and part boy, activist, leader, and gothic. Anissa was nevertheless persistent in her attempt to transform me. The first transformation would begin with my hair. It needed to be straight. My hair was naturally curly and long. But Anissa said I should get it straightened. In fact, I must straighten it every two weeks. This sounded foolish. Who was I to impress? I was 15 years old and I could care less about adhering to some societal beauty standards. All I cared about was making good grades in school, being the first person in my family to graduate from college, and overcome my family's poverty situation. I had been homeless for about a year now. Anissa was my teacher's daughter, and when I told her that I did not have anywhere to go, she welcomed me in her home, but did that come with the cost? A few weeks later, I found myself at Anissa's stylist, an older black woman who styled women's hair in her living room the old-fashioned way with a hot comb and hair oil. Was I in for a history lesson? Before I could inquire what her plans were with my hair, she sat me down in the chair in the kitchen and whacked my head backwards under the lukewarm water. This, my dear, is how we used to do hair back in the old days, she said. The next thing you knew, I could feel her hands penetrating my scalp. And then suddenly... My head began to throb with a kind of pain that was unfamiliar. When she finished her hair ritual, she passed me the hand mirror to examine my transformation. I couldn't believe it. My puffy hair was bone straight. A piece of me died on the inside. My hair, which was supposed to just be this thing on my head, all of a sudden became a social statement. It represented my relationship with myself and my relationship to the world. I needed to conform to this white and beauty standard. And that's just the way things needed to be.
As soon as I had the opportunity to wash my paper-thin hair back to its original puff, I did. To my surprise and delight, Anissa and I never went back to the stylist lady. I suppose this was because basic female maintenance was too expensive. Or should I say, basic black female maintenance was too expensive. I didn't complain because I love my hair just precisely how it was, puffy. Growing up as a homeless youth, I had the opportunity to explore many facets of my identity. In this episode, I explored my identity as it concerned my hair and my gender. I learned that straight hair was preferred over my puffy hair. I also learned that as a girl, I needed to dress and look a certain way. I didn't want to conform to these gender norms or having straight hair. I simply wanted to be myself. But living under someone else's roof led me to conform as a matter of survival. I had been kicked out of my legal guardian's home for spending too much time in school. With my new mom and my new home, I had to conform to a new way of life. My hair, music, gender, religion, and so forth. Now, over 20 years later, I reflect on this experience with great insights. For one, this story problematizes the belief that straight hair is better or more beautiful than puffy, kinky, or curly hair. This belief has a racialized history whereby anything associated with blackness is perceived as inferior. Over the years, hearing and seeing these implicitly everywhere I went led me to internalize the message and perceive my straight hair as more beautiful and desirable. To elaborate, in society, our friends, family, school, workplaces, media, companies, the government, and beyond, force us to conform to the norm. Force is not always a rule that is generated by an authority figure that we are forced to comply with. Force is also a process that occurs in a subtle manner. This force represents the collective elements and entities in society that push us in a certain direction to behave a certain way or to employ a particular act. In this story, I was forced to straighten my hair. Thereafter, people constantly told me that my hair is nice and looks good when it's straight. And when I look at people of my skin color and top positions in my community and society, most of them have straight hair. My brain therefore subconsciously internalized the message that my hair should be straight. But one day, I decided to stop straightening my hair. This was more accidental than purposeful. COVID happened, and then I became a mom. I didn't have time to focus on my hair. That was when I realized my natural beauty. I don't believe that there is anything wrong with persons of African descent to straighten our hair. But I do believe that there is something wrong when we do not believe that our natural hair is beautiful. Along these same lines, this story also problematizes the belief that girls or women 
need to be a certain way because they are girls or women. These kinds of beliefs reinforce systems of power and patriarchy. For example, if you tell a baby girl that she should be playing with dolls and strollers and not airplanes because she is a girl, what we are doing is stifling her imagination to the extent that she will not be able to even imagine herself as a pilot, let alone pursue that as a career field. And then we wonder why most pilots are men. The main takeaway in this podcast is for my listeners to be comfortable in your own skin. Being comfortable in your own skin simply means accepting yourself for who you are. For parents, I believe that it's important to allow our children to be comfortable in their own skin. For individuals who feel forced to conform as a matter of survival, stay strong. Is it wrong to conform as a matter of survival? It depends on you. Do you value more your survival in this moment? Or do you value more your sense of self-actualization in this moment? As a homeless youth, I conformed because having a shelter was a primary need. Now as an adult, self-actualization, self-realization, self-expression are my primary needs. To conclude, I invite you all to think about what being comfortable in your own skin looks like for you. This is your host, Saida Sorel Medina. Thank you for tuning in to The Voice Podcast.